Will everything be okay? Will all the things that I am worrying about be okay? Will all the things that you are worrying about be okay? Will all the things that we are all worrying about be okay? I recently read a really interesting and charming children's story called Everything Will Be Okay. And it is written for today's age. It's written according to the book cover for two to five-year-olds. But the protagonist, the bunny, is not only a worrywart. The bunny clearly suffers from anxiety and depression. So this is a book for children, our youngest learners, about a bunny who struggles with anxiety and depression. And in this book, the bunny worries about little things, and the bunny worries about medium things, and the bunny worries about very serious things. And there's always the reassuring voice of the narrator to tell this worrying bunny that everything will be okay. I'm going to give you just a flavor of this charming but complicated children's story for our age. Is there jelly on your bread when you wanted cheese instead? There's nothing yummy packed today. Sometimes nothing goes your way, but everything will be okay. Did your brother take your flute? So there's nothing left to toot. And he doesn't even like to play. You guess you love him anyway, and everything will be okay. Medium worries. Someday you might fly a kite. It blows up and out of sight, and that's one sad kite-losing day. You'll find another game to play. Everything will be okay. Now comes a bout of anxiety and depression. Sometimes it all goes wrong. Sometimes life is upside down. Sometimes you don't feel so strong. Sometimes you scowl and frown. Make those feelings go away. You could do it every day. Everything will be okay. Now, this book really resonated for me because it surfaces an inchoate anxiety that many of us feel. And it surfaces a gnawing question that many of us ask, which is, very simply, will everything be okay? And that's a question that never goes away. And here's my question for you this morning. What happens when the answer to that question is no? Everything is not going to be okay. In this children's story, the narrator's reassuring, no matter what, everything will be okay. But in real life, we know that sometimes the answer to that question, will everything be okay, is no. And how do we think about our life 
when the answer is no. Sometimes we face a health challenge or somebody that we love faces a health challenge and it's not okay. Folks who go through mental illness, which is the pandemic after the pandemic, you all know this. And mental illness is not only formidable, mental illness is often seemingly intractable. Not okay. And then when a spouse loses a spouse and now has a much lonelier life, that's not okay. And when somebody young dies and it leaves our world shaken, that's not okay. And when somebody loses their job and they don't know what to do and they have deep financial anxiety, that's not okay. And when there's relational stress, not okay. What do we do when not okay? So it turns out that that is exactly the condition of the people of Israel in the middle of the book of Exodus. And that's interesting and noteworthy. You would think if any people was ever okay, it should be biblical Israel. I mean, God comes down, intervenes in history all the time for them directly. I mean, it doesn't get any more direct than that. The ten plagues and the miraculous exodus and the splitting of the Sea of Reeds and standing at Sinai and getting the Ten Commandments from God, God's self, should be okay, but guess what? Not okay. And in the middle of the book of Exodus, they're not okay. They're hungry. They're thirsty. They're tired of wandering. They miss structure. They miss routine. Not okay. And they worship the golden calf. Not okay. And then there is a little civil war that God commands where the Levites kill 3,000 Israelites. Not okay. And so there's something that's very interesting that we learned that should be stated. It's hidden in plain sight. We're never fully and finally okay. We are never fully and finally okay. We've never fully and finally arrived, even when God sprinkles God's intervention on you, because there's this fluidity in life. There are periods of highs and then periods of deep lows. Periods of great victory and periods of great despair. For the Israelites and for us, what do we do when things are not okay? The human condition. It's the middle of Exodus. So this week I listened to a podcast called Hidden Brain, which has something very helpful to say here. Here is the thesis. If you wake up and you're now living in a chapter where things are not okay, where you have some intractable pain, the idea of this podcast is that you step back and reframe and ask a whole new question. Can I cultivate some purpose, some new purpose in this new heart chapter that is going to allow me to make meaning out of this pain 
and is going to allow me to redeem my pain by helping somebody else. The host of the podcast, Shakar Vedantam, interviews this really interesting professor at Cornell University named Anthony Burrow. And Anthony Burrow's professional expertise, his academic expertise, is in purpose. He researches purpose. He writes books and papers about purpose. He teaches courses about purpose. Here's how he defines purpose. He says, purpose is directionality, that you feel that you are going somewhere, that you are doing something, that you are building something that is aspirational and inspirational. And Burrow says that if you have that kind of purpose, and if you don't, but you cultivate that kind of purpose, I am going, I am building, I am doing, there's all these benefits. First of all, you live longer. Longevity is a clear benefit. Second, you're much more attractive to people. People want to spend time with people who feel they are energized by purpose. But the third thing, and this is just so interesting, is that if you can cultivate that purpose, you have greater equanimity. That is, what he calls, Anthony Burroughs' word is even kill. You take all the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune with more equanimity. When the highs happen, you take it in stride. And when the lows happen, you take it in stride. If you are energized by purpose, you just have more peace of mind. So he tells of this famous study that two groups of volunteers were asked to climb a steep mountain. And at the base of the mountain, they were asked to write something. One group of volunteers was asked to write about a movie they had recently seen, just a random, inconsequential question. What movie did you recently see, and did you like the movie? And the other group of volunteers was asked to think about what is the purpose and mission of your life right now in the chapter that you are now living. And Anthony Burrow said that the findings were striking. The people who at the base wrote about a random movie complained and lamented the entire time up that mountain and complained and lamented once they got there. Ugh, 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 ugh. Why did you have us climb this mountain? And the people who had thought about purpose in the moments before their climb said, what climb? What climb? They were completely energized by purpose. And then Shakar Vedantam asked us a different question related to this, which is, what is our why? What is our new why in this chapter that we are in that can cushion the blows of our existence? And that is always going to be our question. What is our new why now? And Shakar Vedantam quotes a classic paragraph of Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl, Survivor of Auschwitz. And he writes the following. The lesson one could learn in Auschwitz was, those who were oriented towards a meaning to be fulfilled by them in the future 
were most likely to survive. And this has been confirmed afterwards by American Navy and Army psychiatrists in Japanese prison of war camps. The orientation towards a future, towards a task, a personal task, waiting for them to be fulfilled in their future or another person whom they were loving to be met again, this was what was decisively upheld in these people. The orientation beyond oneself. You see, the question was not just survival, but there had to be a why of survival. There has to be a why of survival. There has to be a why we are here. There has to be a new reason, a new purpose, that we can interpret the pain of the chapter that we're in to give it meaning. We interpret the pain of the chapter that we're in by helping somebody else. There has to be a why for our survival. And that brings us back to the middle of the book of Exodus that we're in, we read today, Teruma. So the Israelites, they're just not okay. The last thing that happened was the golden calf and a civil war, and God listens to the Hidden Brain podcast and then says, we need a purpose. And the purpose is Exodus 25, 8, Teruma, the first Aliyah this morning, build a sanctuary that I might dwell among the people. The purpose is a shared building project. Everybody is summoned to bring their energy, their talent to create a space where God would dwell among them. And it works. They're summoned, they're tapped, they give, they create, they contribute, they do it together, they collaborate. And at the end of these five parshiot that we began today, at the end of Vayaka Pakude, God's presence is palpable, and they have got peace of mind, even kill. Now, here's what I want to tell you. For me now, in this season of my life, this is not a sermon. And this is not academic. This is as real as life itself. I am living this now. I'm living this every time Shira and I go to Israel to see our father. Now, in the 40 years that I've known and loved Shira, her father has gone from this intimidating her father, who called me Leslie during <laughs> law school. It took me two years to go from Leslie to Wesley. When we got married, he started calling me Wesley. And then he became my father-in-law. And very quickly, he became my father-in-love. And now he's just my father. And it's just so not okay. It's the opposite of okay. And it's not going to get okay. His health is not okay. The prognosis is not okay. There's nothing okay about it unless we summon Anthony Burrow, Victor Frankel, what's the new why? So we are cultivating a new purpose. We're going now to be with him where he is 
as he is for as long as he is. We're going now to let him know how much we love him and he'll always be our North Star. We want to tell him so, we can't tell him enough. We're going there to support his Israeli children and grandchildren who are there every day and we're not. And we're going there because it's just so important. You know this, it's just so important. You live this. To affirm the infinite value of life in the face of the mortality that we all share. That's our work. That's our new why. May we all find our new why when we're in chapters that summon a new why. And may your new why help you get up that hill energized by purpose. Shabbat Shalom.